Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. Oh, right. Excellent, excellent. It's uh, it's an evening. It's very, very sweaty, very humid here in Paris. It feels like I'm, you know, I'm inside uh, Lionel Richie's jockstrap coming at you. But um, I'm, 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 uh, nevertheless, I'm a delighted man inside uh, Lionel Richie's jockstrap because um, uh, Abdul is here. Abdul from Watch LFC, and uh, Zane is here making her. Cop on debut uh, from Zane Talk Sports. So, uh, welcome Zane. Um, um, can you tell our listeners all about Zane Talk Sport on your YouTube channel, please? Yeah, of course. First of all, hi everyone, and thank you for inviting me on this. Very exciting. Um, so, basically, what I do, I'm very active on Twitter at Zane Talk Sport. So, I basically talk about everything Liverpool. I sometimes talk about other teams as well, but the focus is on Liverpool. And I do have a YouTube channel as well, so where I actually talk about Liverpool with game reviews, some internal stuff, what's going on, and yeah, that's basically it. Well, that's absolutely excellent stuff. Thank you very much. And uh, Abdul, tell the listeners uh, once more, in case no one's, uh, uh, you know, heard cop on uh, before about, about the fantastic Watch LFC. Yeah, watch LFC. Um, it's the number one place to get any LFC news. It's, it's, it's that simple. I try and keep it that simple. So, um, yeah, it's just a great account. Just have lots of good content. And hopefully we'll have some really exciting stuff for everybody going into the, the next season. Um, we just want to try and sort out some licensing stuff so that we can actually be a bit more professional as an account. But, yeah, onwards and upwards. That sounds very exciting. Well, I'm delighted that you're both here. Thank you very much. Uh, since the last episode of Cop On, um, it's been a bit of a laugh, to be honest. I mean, you know, we don't normally start by talking about rivals, but when both Manchester teams have lost their respective European finals uh, and Carlo Ancelotti has uh, walked out of the Ev, you know, without even a, you know, and 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 a Riva Dirce just uh, he just legged it, he just you know jumped on his Vespa, and uh, you know pegged it down to to Madrid. Um, it's been pretty funny, uh, Abdul. Um, you know, how does it feel? Did you watch the either European final with the Manchester teams? How do you feel about Ancelotti? I don't know what. A, I mean, this is a uh, you know this is pretty funny, isn't it? The Ancelotti situation is hilarious. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the quote, but it was something like, oh, Everton is a club where, oh no, sorry, Real Madrid is a club where you are aspiring to win La Liga or the Champions League every year. Everton is a club where they hope to make the Champions League. And even a few years ago, they were trying to make sure they stayed in the Premier League. So um, yeah, what what hilarious kind of <laughs> events. Because... Uh, <laughs> The Everton fans, they were really taken by Ancelotti, weren't they? They really felt like he was a big move for them and they really loved him. And he's literally just... even He's, he's gone for half his salary that he's getting at, less than half than, than what he's getting at Everton, which tells you how much he uh, values that job. So, um, yeah, what, what a funny situation there. But, yeah, the, the European finals, um, United's was horribly boring. Um and then we've got the cherry on top with Moreno winning the title and all of the great content that came from that. Um, but I actually thought the Champions League final between Chelsea and City was really exciting, even though I didn't have any um, bets on either team or I wasn't really supporting any team, but I thought it was a good football match. But um, yeah, it's definitely 
really got me hyped for next season because I really think Chelsea are going to be a very strong team next season and I'm looking forward to the challenge that City are going to um, provide with their massive signing that they're definitely going to make as well. So yeah, looking forward to next season for sure. Lovely answer. Yeah, great stuff. Uh, what about you, Zani? Uh, the Manchester clubs and Chelotti. I mean, you know, compared to where we were a couple of months ago, uh, you would have, you know, you would have, uh, you know, given a lot, wouldn't you, to, to if you'd written this scenario for the for the end of the season? It's been, it's been pretty good, right? I know. Yes, I think the end of the season's been brilliant, and I think it's good that finally the drama is not about us; it's about the Manchester teams. And I did watch the United final. I didn't feel like it was really boring. I didn't understand. For example, why Oli wasn't making any substitutions till like 97th or which minute. And it was really cherry on the cake when they lost in penalties because like that's their specialty. So it was quite like I feel for all the football players when they lose because it's it's hard to lose a final. But at the same time, it's Manchester United. So I was very happy inside um, regarding the Champions League final. I wasn't actually sure which team I want to win because it's like to choose between City and Chelsea is like, I don't know, can they both lose? (laughs) So (laughs) I didn't really mind any of them winning. So it was fair that Chelsea won and yeah, actually good result. Then City didn't get that trouble even, so that's even better. And, uh, Regarding Ancelotti, it's really funny. It's just so, so funny because I remember a couple of weeks ago he was saying something like, we're going to challenge for the league or something like that. And now he just goes, turn around and said, well, Everton is fighting for European spots and sometimes even relegation. And I'm in a club which fights for Champions League and for league titles. So... It's really funny for Everton and I think it pays them back for all the times they laughed about us and yeah, it's just a really good end of the season. Yeah, great answer. Carlo Ancelotti, I've got his Twitter in front of me. Um, as well as the quotes uh, that, that Abdul was talking about that we were just talking about, um, he also put on his Twitter, I would like to thank Everton FC, my players and the supporters for giving me the opportunity to manage this fantastic and historical club. I decided to leave as I have a new challenge with a team that was always in my heart, Real Madrid, uh, which is <laughs> very funny, obviously implying that Everton was never in his heart. Uh, and uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. I love it. Uh, but yeah, uh, the, the Champions League final, the thing is, I mean, yes, I get what you're saying, Zali. I, I was the same. Like, it would be better if they had both lost and got a points deduction for all the financial doping they've done over the years. But, um, you know, I just can't ever forgive those City players. It'd be different once, you know, the the, the whole cycle of the City team is over and, and uh, you know, they get entirely new players in. But any of the Manchester City players who joined in with the, the sickening, you know, chance, they understood the lyrics about being battered in the streets and the fact that it, you know, referred to Sean Cox, who almost lost his life and, and got brain damage from, you know, that incident. And, and they're singing about it. The players are singing about it. It's absolutely hideous behaviour. And so I was very happy 
for that reason to see Manchester City uh, lose. Um, but, uh, you know, we're not going to talk about our rivals anymore. We're going to talk about Liverpool, the mad, uh, wonderful world, uh, the glorious world of the Mighty Reds. And Jurgen Klopp's Mighty Reds have made a significant transfer Um Michael Edwards has, you know, got his golden checkbook out and he's written, I think it's about 40 million euros. Uh, you know, he's written a check for 40 million for Ibrahima Konate, which is the correct pronunciation. Abdul, I know we've been, we've been trying to work on your pronunciation here in Copon. Uh, but uh, yes, Konate, because he's French, you see, like a lot of English people, they would say Konate, like boom, 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 because that's how English speaks, you know, it's like I have a migraine, you know, like you don't say I have a migraine, because no one will understand, but I have a migraine, that's that's how English works, okay, I'm an English teacher, I can't stop, I should leave my work alone, but I can't stop it, um, so that's how English works, whereas French, every syllable is the same, so for us, we would have, uh, for example, the, the English, we, we call people Daniel, with a, a stress on the first Dan, Daniel, yes, Daniel, but in French, you have the same name, but it'd be Daniel, Daniel, even for a boy, Daniel, because it's exactly the same. So, Konate is exactly the same, and Japanese is the same, quite interesting, quite interestingly, if you're into languages. So, anyway, Konate, Abdul, um, you know, give me your thoughts on this guy. But actually, before you do, let me just uh, talk about his uh, transfer injury, sorry, his injury history from transfermarket.com. Uh, because a few uh, Reds podcasts have been have been playing down the injury. And I've seen an article on, on the brilliant This Is Anfield also played down the injury, talking about the one he um, sustained, which was a, a hip injury, which, which, uh, Took him out for 225 days from October the 3rd, 2019 to May the 15th, 2020. It's a huge amount of time to lose. Um, and apart from that, they said that's his only major one. Yes, but he did have um, a, a recurrence of that injury that kept him out for 96 days. And he's also been out for another 49 days. Now, this is the only thing, I think, Abdul, that is a slight concern. And it could be that his injury woes are behind him. We don't know that yet. Uh, he obviously passed the Liverpool medical, which is stringent, you know, because uh, Nabil Fekir, of course, failed his and, and didn't sign for us. So basically, I want your thoughts on uh, Konate, please, Abdul. Yeah, Konate. Hope I got that right straight off the bat. Um, but, um, <laughs> ideal. Um, what I would say is, it's. I feel it's a it's a transfer in a similar vein to um, when we signed Fabinho, and also a bit of the Allison energy as well. Um, it just felt like the club knew they had a problem, and they just sorted it out. I mean, there's been rumours. There's been there's been talk about Konate for. A very long time for a couple of months now at the beginning i didn't really believe them because we just signed kabak and we just signed davies and it didn't feel like we would sign then another center back on top of that and i felt like it would be very unfair on ozan to kick him out i mean he wasn't a glaring failure or anything like that so i didn't really understand them but they just persisted for so long and then eventually it did pretty much look like yeah we're not going to sign kabak properly we're going to go for konate instead and ultimately, I am very happy. Um, I think pretty much everybody has said that he's one of the leading young centre-backs in the European game right now. 22 years of age, um, but he's been playing first-team football since he was 18. 
um, playing at a side which is uh, famously well coached, um, not even well coached, but just like the philosophy of the whole Leipzig, um, Salzburg, the whole Red Bull thing is just incredible. And it's something that Klopp and many others have said is something that fits in very well with Liverpool's DNA. So it feels like it just ticks every single box. Um, you talk about his injuries, um, especially that hip injury, which put him out for a long time. Somebody was explaining to me that um, the surgery he had to fix that hip injury was actually very, very successful. And he hasn't actually had an injury from that since. And that does seem to be the one injury which has really contributed to um, him having a big kind of injury layoff in the past. So fingers crossed that's all passed. Like you said, the medical team wouldn't let anything just slip under the door. Um, And especially after I, I learned today that this is a transfer where we're not paying any of the fee via amortization, which is the process by which you split up a player's fee and then you pay part of the fee over the con- length of the contract. Um, we're actually just paying it all straight up, up front, um, which tells you how much the club values Konate um, and yeah, how much we, we think that he could be a very big success for us. So yeah, I think in, in general, I think it's a great transfer for us. I think it completely finishes the defensive question. I don't think we need to talk about centre-backs anymore. I think we'll head into next season with five centre-backs. Konate will be um, alongside Virgil, Masip, Gomez. And then I think Ben Davies will stay a swift choice. And I think we'll probably sell Nat Phillips and send Reese Williams on loan. And I think that's just enough centre-backs to go into the next season with. And Konate has all the qualities to play as a Liverpool centre-back. He's quick. Six foot four, great strength, muscles, and he can also play football. So I'm very happy with signing over the moon, and I'm happy about the way that we've got it done. Just bish bash bosh, got it done because we needed it. Great answer. Um, I'm 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 equally excited. I mean, I I'm, I'm really thrilled. And this is someone who you know I don't watch German football. I watch the Champions League uh, as much as possible. I've seen him in that. He's impressed over the years. Um, but I've I've seen a lot of compilations, and I saw, for example, the France under twenty one match. Even in the second half that I caught the other day, in which uh, you know France ended up losing the match in the last minute. But you know, you can just see a player, and you can just see in instantly that they have presence and they have style and they have uh, grace and and you know he he looks uh, Zani like a wonderful player to me I don't know if you ever watch uh, the Bundesliga or anything or or, or what you make of uh, Konate yeah I haven't watched Bundesliga I think only a couple of games so I haven't seen him play a full game before but from what I've seen now I think I'm I'm very excited and I think he he fits Liverpool very very well he is sort of a Van Dijk type of centre back so I'm very excited for this transfer and yeah I'm also looking at his uh, injury record right now and to be fair besides that one injury he had where he missed 225 days which is probably including the COVID-19 break as well where he missed 27 games it's the only really long term because all the other ones is three games missed six games missed so it's it's not that bad and I I do feel like this is uh behind him and with the center back options we have right now uh with for example Van Dijk Gomez potentially Matip fit he's not going to be playing 
every game in Premier League, Champions League Cup games, he's going to be given rest as well. So I feel like it's a good signing. He will be able to keep his fitness up. And I'm just happy that we managed to get it done in the manner we did. It was done before any other team basically in the league has done any business. So I'm very happy about it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, the timing of it is is superb, isn't it? To to get get the business done early, and uh, you know, apparently he's going to have six weeks off before joining us uh, on on preseason training or something. I'm not sure. So I have read somewhere six weeks off after France's elimination from the under twenty one Euros. But staying with you, Zerni, um, you know, because uh, Abdul's already answered this question. He says we've got enough centre back. So I've run through that list again. We've got, we've now got Virgil, uh, Gomez, Matip, uh, Konate, uh, Ben Davis, Nat Phillips, Reese Williams, and then if we need to break the glass once more, Fabinho and Henderson can do a job there. So presumably we have uh, we have enough, but well, presumably we have too many because that's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. If you include Nat. Phillips, Phillips and Reese Williams, or nine if you include Fabinho and Hendo. So are you going to be like Abdul and you'll just bin off Nat Phillips and Reese Williams, even though Nat Phillips is going out with Liam Gallagher's daughter? <laughs> well, to start, I think we have to be careful because, first of all, Matip, we all know how he is. He is a brilliant player, but unfortunately he is made of glass. So he cannot play more than three, four games in a row. Then, And he's coming back from a season-ending injury. Same with Van Dijk and Gomez, which have been out for months. So they're not going to be just thrown into games and play all of them, basically. Um, so I think it might be a bit tricky if if i if i was club for example i would probably keep phillips but then at the same time he played first team football now he knows what he can do so he will probably want to play first team football i don't know 60 percent of the season so it might be tricky to keep him at liverpool but that's why i was a bit um maybe disappointed that we let Kabak go because I really saw potential in him. So I think we have to be careful and we cannot just close our eyes and think situation like happened this season is not going to happen again because it might. It, it seems very unrealistic, but as I say, better safe than sorry. So if Reese Williams is out on loan, Ben Davies, God knows what will happen and if he's even real. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think we need to have five, maybe even six central backs. I completely agree. And um, I just wanted to put in a little disclaimer and just say I'm not trying to force Nat Phillips out of the door. Um, <laughs> I, just, I just think that um, ultimately I think that preseason will decide everything because we still don't know if any of the three centre-backs who had long-term injuries are going to be fit from the beginning of pre-season. So we might find ourselves in a situation where we need to keep Reese Williams and Nat Phillips. Um, another thing that might happen is maybe if they are fit, maybe they're just not anywhere near in as good rhythm as Reese Williams and Nat Phillips. And Nat Phillips and Reese Williams just start ahead of them because they actually just deserve it because they're playing better. And that's another potential situation. 
But I just think um, ultimately, once it all shakes down at the end of preseason, if everybody's fit and it doesn't look like we're going to have any kind of injury concerns, I feel like Nat Phillips will want to have more first team um, playing time. And I don't know if Klopp will be able to guarantee him that. And then he'll probably start looking for a move. But yeah, I completely agree with everything that Zane says. Um, We do need to, we have just had a really big injury hit season and we can't just close our eyes and go into next season like it couldn't happen again. Even though it was a pretty unique season last season and hopefully this season should be the same, we still have to take that precaution and make sure that we have enough centre-backs. Otherwise, it could affect us again. Yes, very reasonable. Very, very reasonable from you both. I, I also agree. Yeah, absolutely. I would keep Nat Phillips, uh, Reese Williams, send him out on loan. But yes, you're absolutely right to, you know, it's something that, we'll, you know, we'll probably, you know, very realistically, we'll wait until deadline day. You know, we'll see, uh, you know, if Harry Redknapp takes the Everton job and he puts in a 40 million bid on deadline day for Nat Phillips and then we'll think about it. But yes, we'll see what our, we'll see how the situation progresses with our players, those those big three players coming back from injury. Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, lots of people this season have said they never want to see Fabinho or Henderson in defence again. Um, I understand that. There have been several scars from this season. But for me, it depends. It, it depends. I, I wouldn't, as a break glass solution, I wouldn't be against it. Um, it depends what we do in midfield and I think that was the problem last season is that we had uh, Chamberlain out uh, Naby Keita out of course and we were down to you know um, Jeannie Vijnaldum basically and Thiago was out uh, was out as well at times and we had Milner who's you know he's 35 years old now um, in, in midfield um, the numbers then just I mean you know this but just to, to remind everybody we've got Fabinho we've got Henderson uh, we've got uh, Curtis Jones, we've got Thiago Alcantara, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, Naby Cater, and James Milner. Um, James Pierce wrote, and I think this is what they call a smokescreen, he wrote that Liverpool are not in the market for anyone to replace Jeannie Vijnaldum. And I think that's absolutely nuts, Abdul. Um, we're going to need at least one midfielder, aren't we? We've only got, there's only seven on that list that I've just read. Well... Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you remember the last time I was on the podcast, I was advocating for a no midfielder signing summer. But I completely I completely see where everybody's coming from. It, it is, like Zane said in the last question, it's a very risky situation. We get one injury. And in fact, we actually had an injury to Fabinho as well last season. Um, so thank God we had Gini Wijnaldum because... We really were down to bare bones. I think every single midfielder had been injured at some point, even Curtis Jones for a few weeks. But yeah, it's it's a it's a risky situation, let's say. But then I look at the list of midfielders that we have, and I, I think we have more midfielders at the club right now than Manchester City do. I might be wrong there, so somebody call me out if I am. But that I feel like what kind of sane, sensible club needs more than seven midfielders? You've got three midfield positions, you have three backups, and then you have James Milner, who can play midfield, and then also the two fullback positions. So I would be more than happy to go into next season with um, this, the midfielders that we have right now. I think there's a lot of untapped potential. I think there's a lot of um, chapters that need to be written for certain players, especially Cater. Um But again, it's one of those things where it really just depends on whether these players see themselves as 
um, Liverpool players after this summer. If they want game time, I would completely understand if Naby Keita says, look, I, I'm going to cut my losses and go to a different team, have a fresh start somewhere else. Oxlade-Chamberlain doesn't seem like he wants to do that. Um, and Klopp has said that he wants Naby to stay. But it really depends on the players. If they feel like they want to leave, then once we sell them, I feel like the club will then react and start buying or a replacement. But I completely understand if Klopp wants to give them a chance in pre-season first. Yeah, but Abdul, you know, you just said they're, they're all injury prone, but especially Chamberlain, he's never had a full season. Uh, Cato, of course, uh, not at Liverpool, though he did. He was, his injury record was great at Leipzig. Um, Curtis Jones had an injury. Thiago's been injury prone all of his career. Fabinho, as, as you said, I forgot to mention it. He ha- had his injury problems last season. Jordan Henderson, every season he's had injuries. And James Milner, it's just started in the last year or so that his body isn't isn't as uh, robust as it as it used to be. So they're all injury prone, Abdul. It would be nuts not to buy at least one, wouldn't it? Well, when you put it like that, you're you are completely right. And then I see I see where this this side of the argument is. Um the other thing then that I would say then is I don't really see any midfielders who can come in and improve our team. Um I've seen the name Bissouma a lot. I don't think Bissouma's better at football than Oxley Chamberlain or Naby Keita. I've seen Uwa and yeah, he's a great player, very talented. But then, I mean, Naby Keita is also very, very talented. And you could say, oh, Uwa doesn't get injured. But then, like you just said, Naby Keita didn't get injured before he came to Liverpool. So I don't, I don't really... If there was a glaring midfield signing, like Thiago was last season, where you could say he comes in, he improves Liverpool, it's a good price, he's available, he wants to come in, and he has the fitness record, then yeah, I would absolutely say so. But... I don't want to just sign a midfielder for the sake of signing a midfielder, especially because I really do value the qualities in Oxlade and Cater and Curtis Jones as well. I think Curtis Jones could really have his own breakthrough season next season, much like Phil Foden has had this season. But yeah, I, I, if we did make a signing for midfield, I would, I would completely welcome it. If, if they've analysed and they've found a, a, a player who they think is going to improve us. And I can see it on paper as well. I'm fully behind it. But for me, my main signing that I want to happen, which is completely unrealistic, is uh, Jadon Sancho, Jaden Sancho. And if we end the summer with just Konate in and Sancho in, and we decided to not sign a midfielder, I'd be more than happy. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. It's a game of opinions. Uh, what's yours, Zanny? Yeah, I think it would be absolutely mad not to sign um, a midfielder because when I was looking at all the midfielders we have besides Curtis Jones all of them are extremely injury prone so when you look at Henderson Lovin he he is just amazing player amazing captain but almost every season now he's had these injuries when he's been out for weeks Fabinho the same Ox hasn't really played this season. Keita hasn't really played this season. Jones, for my liking, he needs a bit more experience. He will definitely play more next season when he will gain that experience. Uh, Milner is old. Well, not old, but relatively old for football. And Thiago, as you said, 
besides that injury he had, which wasn't his fault at all or his fitness fault, um, he's been quite stable. But as you said before, he has had some injuries in his uh, previous years as well. So I think it would be absolutely crazy not to sign a midfielder because we don't want, again, next season, to, this season we made excuses because of our centre-backs. And we don't want to go next season and make excuses because of our midfield. I think, yeah, if Keita stays and Knox stays, we have a lot of midfielders. But again, better safe than sorry. And we have to sign another another midfielder. But then at the same time, you don't know if he's not going to be injury prone. But I think that is the risk we have to take because we just cannot have this repeating again. And none of the players are getting any younger as well. So I think we have to sign a midfielder. And who would you target, Zane? I mean, would you target a more defensive player, a la Bissouma, or a more attacking player, a la Awa? I was quite sure that I want a more uh, offence-minded midfielder because most of our midfielders, they are more of the defensive type. And yet... Thiago tries to play the forwards a bit more than everyone else, for example. So probably I would go with a more offensive-minded midfielder. But then at the same time, you look at Henderson and you look at Fabinho and you think in your head they are the ones who are the most injury-prone from the main starters. So maybe you would need a defensive midfielder, but then still, I think I would sign an offensive one. Yeah, interesting stuff. I, I mean, I, for me, I would, I would target two defensive midfielders, or at least one defensive and one attacker. But for me, a priority would be a defensive one, um, because I think that's where most of our our joy has come from. Um, I don't want Thiago turning around and running backwards. I would, you know, want someone who can who can put in the miles like 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 Genie uh, did. I mean, just on the injury thing. I mean, Genie Vinaldum last season just in the Premier League. Played two thousand nine hundred and forty-one minutes. Uh, our next best uh, midfielder, because I'm going to discount Fabinho because he spent most of his time at centre back last season. Um, uh, Thiago Alcantara had one thousand eight hundred and fifty-four minutes. Jordan Henderson one thousand seven hundred and four. So Jorginho Vijnaldum again two thousand nine hundred and forty-one, basically three thousand minutes in the centre of our midfield. It's 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 an it's an astonishing amount. I think we need two players to replace this guy. I really do. We also we hadn't really replaced Adam Lalana, who left. Uh, you know, not that he was particularly brilliant for us, but uh, you know, he was he was certainly useful. Um, as a squad player, but I like, you know, you said there's no one who can come in. I like players like Saul, players like uh, Neuhaus, who we've been, um, you know, linked with. Uh, and another one we've been linked with recently is uh, Tielemans. And I just want to talk about, uh, for example, um, you know, Abdul, uh, two players we've been, we've been linked with recently are Tielemans and Dhaka. Um, so what do you think about either of those or both, Abdul? Yeah, the DACA story resurfacing is interesting because I remember we were we were supposedly interested in like a last year um, or at some point over the last 18 months. And yeah, uh, he looks really quick. He looks really good at finishing goals. Um, he's got a ridiculous scoring record, I think. Uh, I think he scored like over 20 goals the last few seasons. I'm not sure. But he just looks like a really fast 
scorey attacker. <laughs> um, that's as much as I can say about that one. Um, Telemons, I rate him uh, a lot ever since I had like football manager. I was used to making one of my first few signings. Um, he's got great qualities. Um, he's got, you know, great long range passing, great vision on him. He's got a great shot as the FA Cup final proved. He's got a good engine on him. Although my only issue with him does seem to be, I don't think he's the buzzy type of midfielder that Klopp wants. I feel like he's more of, um, well, I wouldn't say Thiago isn't buzzy, but he's more of a refined kind of player like Thiago. And I feel like he works best in those um, building up phases rather than finishing off situations phases. Um, so it'd be, it'd be kind of weird, I think, for us to go for him alongside Thiago and Fabinho or Hendo, whatever. But maybe, maybe we, we, we should just uh, double down on the deep line playmakers that we have. But I don't know. Um, I feel like he'd be way too expensive. I think he just signed a new deal as well, didn't he? Um, and I, I, There were rumours that he was going to sign one, but I don't think he signed one yet, but I'm not sure. Fair enough. Well, look, I, I leave it all up to um, Edward's hands. If Edward thinks that the data is saying that we need a Telemans, then I'm not going to hold, I'm not going to say anything against it. He's a quality player. He might win a Euros this summer. Um, he's definitely going to play an important part in that squad with De Bruyne possibly injured. So, yeah, I'm definitely not, uh, I'm definitely not holding my nose up at a player of Telemans qualities. But I would just find it weird uh, for us to make that signing. I already feel like we have a profile of his. Daka, I wouldn't be surprised if we did get a signing like that, a forward signing. But I would very much like Jaden Sancho. <laughs> That's all I want, just Jay and Sancho. That's all you want for Christmas, okay? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, Jay Don Sancho is a is a you know a brilliant player. I'll just bring up some stats for you about him. But uh, you know, before that, some stats about Tielemans. Um, he got uh, six goals and four assists in thirty eight matches. Um, whereas uh, Pats and Dacca, um, I love the word scorey. You called him scorey, Abdul, and that's absolutely superb because he's very scorey. Uh, 27 goals and four assists in 28 matches. Of course, of course, you know it, I know it. It's the Austrian Bundesliga. But I don't mind. He's, he was 21 when the season started. He's now 22. And, uh, you know, he's, he's fast. And I think if you get 27 goals in 28 matches in any league in Europe, you know, any top league in Europe... Uh, you know, as in any Division One in Europe, then 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 you're gonna be you're gonna be a decent player, I I, I believe. Um, I'd be very excited about Dakar. Uh, so yeah, Tielemans, his uh, you know, in terms of um, shot creating actions, uh, he's in the 89th percentile. So that's that's good. Uh, passes it attempted 84th percent. 84 percent uh, percentile um you know top 84 percent in in the top five leagues in europe this is and um, progressive passes 84 percent um i would not touch him with a barge pole no i would touch him with a barge pole but i wouldn't let him climb towards me on the barge pole i would keep him at the barge pole distance because i don't think i mean he's brilliant he can be brilliant but 
as you said, Abdul, he can be, I don't know, just not dynamic enough for me. And I want dynamism in my midfielders. Um, you know, just bringing up some, some stats about Jadon Sancho before we move on uh, for, you know, to satisfy this, this uh, itch that Abdul has. He, he had, you know, eight goals and 11 assists in 26 Bundesliga matches. He had two goals and three assists in six Champions League matches. He's still only just 21, 69 days ago. He, he turned 21 and he's in the 98th percentile for assists, the 94th for expected assists, the 96th for shot creating actions, uh, the 99th for passes attempted, 97th for progressive passes, progressive carries. Yeah, I mean, this guy's a phenomenal talent. Um, so yeah, Jadon Sancho would break the bank. But what's interesting for me, Zani, I don't know, would you rather have, for example, Pats and Dakar plus uh, a brilliant midfielder like Saul, who I've seen, you know, um, for 40 million rumours that, that Atletico will let him go for 40 million. Would you rather Patson plus Saul or would you rather one phenomenal Jadon Sancho? Um, first of all, I'm not 100% sure about uh, Dhaka. I think from what I've seen, I think he's a brilliant player, but I just don't want this to be another um, Minamino story. Because Minamino was shooting goals right, left, and center in the Bundesliga, but then he came to Liverpool and it kind of stopped. He didn't have the chance, so I just don't want it to be that story again. Yet, and one interesting fact about him as well that he is the first African player who is a top scorer in Austria League after Sadio Mane. So that's an interesting one, but very interesting. Yeah, answering your question. I would probably say I'd rather take Sancho because I think Liverpool is due a big star signing. We've been, Thiago is quite a big star, but a name like Sancho, I think that is what we need. It might be a bit smarter to sign Daka and then another midfielder, for example. Um, I don't know a lot about Seoul, but... Me personally, I would like Sancho. We know that he is a clinical goal scorer, so I would prefer him over to others. Yeah, very, very reasonable answer indeed. Uh, very interesting as well to bring up uh, Taki Minamino. Yeah, he was brilliant in the um, Austrian Bundesliga, but before he came to Liverpool, he, he played uh, 905 minutes uh, in the 1920 season for RB Salzburg and uh, he got uh, was 11 starts 14 matches in total so three off the bench 11 starts he got five goals and five assists which is good you know it's very good but it's not the mind-blowing um, uh, stats that uh, you know Pat, Pats and Dakar get so we 27 goals and 28 matches of course they play in different positions because uh, Minamino is much more creative he's not a number nine like Dakar but I'm just really excited about this guy Dakar and, uh, and I feel like you know someone like Dakar can go somewhere like I don't know wherever where anywhere in the world he could go to for example into Milan and he can hit 30 goals in Serie A and then people will go oh well he's actually worth 70 million 80 million 100 million so I think if we can get him now for 30 I think it's just it's just really really it's going to be really good business I, I'd be very 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 excited for Patson but uh, of course for, for Sancho too but uh, yeah sorry uh, Zane go ahead I was just thinking as well um, because 
about, about the whole Werner situation because he was this promising guy as well and everyone thought that he's just gonna take Premier League and he's just gonna blow up and he's gonna be a top scorer and everything because of his uh, stats in Bundesliga but it just didn't happen and I'm not saying that it wouldn't happen with Dhaka because I'm very excited about him as well but at this stage I would just probably take someone who is a bit more established but then at the same time I wouldn't also be mad if we sign him yeah, fair enough, exactly. Uh, but uh, yeah, with Timo, Timo Werner, he had 28 goals in, in, in just 33 matches or 34, well, one substitute appearance. 28 goals in the Bundesliga before uh, joining Chelsea. Uh, but before that, he had 16 and then 13. Uh, so, you know, he was, it was just one outstanding season. Whereas Pats and Dacca, the season before this one uh, last season he, he he also got uh, um 24 goals in 21 starts which is a bit nuts uh, and and he was age, aged uh, 20 and 21 last season so i mean uh, yeah i i just think the numbers again i don't watch the austrian bundesliga but the numbers are you know they point to uh, a player with 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 huge huge talent um and Sancho's just one that everybody knows. But anyway, let's let's move on. I just want to move on to we're just gonna um, you know go for a little bit, um, you know, another fifteen minutes or so. I thought of a game where we would just say yay or nay to these ideas, and then we'll just have a bit of a bit of a debate, uh, you know, for the last few minutes. Um, so um, yay or nay, uh, uh, Zane, I'll start with you. Bobby can play. Bobby Firmino can play 40 or 50 games at his top level next season. Do you agree with that statement or do you not? I will say nay. Should I say why? <laughs> uh, well, no, just, just nay for now. Just nay for now. I just want to know, if Abdul, if you, if you are also a nay. Yeah, I'm a nay. Okay, well, there you go. Um, I'm going to say yay. Okay, so I'm going to disagree with you both. But yes, so why? Give me give me the arguments for, for the nay, Zane, first, please. Because last couple, last two seasons, he has had a bit, kind of good spell and then a quite long bad spell. So I'm not saying he was playing bad, but he hasn't played at his top, top level for the last two years. So it's just a bit hard for me to believe that he's going to play 40 or 50 games at his like highest level next season. If it was 10 or maybe 20, I would say yay, but 40, 50, definitely nay. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Abdul, uh, anything you want to add to, the, to, that, uh, to that case for the nay? Yeah, I mean, um, it's, not, it's not that I don't think he can play top football. I just... Uh, I doubt anybody can play 40 to 50 games at your top, top level. But I mean, yeah, I mean, if you think about like some of the seasons prior where he was, you know, everybody was singing his praises every match, talking about how he's a system, then I still think that's possible. Um, it really does depend on the team. If we have our stability back and we're ripping and roaring in all of our positions, I'm sure we'll see that Bobby has a much bigger impact on the team again and we'll see that he's playing well. But if we struggle again to create chances and to convert them, then he will easily come under the microscope again. And that's why we need to have Jota and we need to have good other options just so to lessen the burden on him. But 40 to 50 games, I don't I don't see that happening. But I can I'll, I'll hope for a nice 20 to 30 games and that will hopefully guess over the league title. 
Okay, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I think maybe I worded it slightly wrong. I didn't mean to say that he was going to play at, you know, it was my fault. But I, I, I didn't mean to say that he, he's going to play, you know, absolutely top 10 out of 10 football every week. Because, yeah, no one could do that. But what I mean is maybe a high level, like like he has been, um, you know, for the last... I, because because this, is, this is the thing. I think there's there's a storyline going on with Bobby Firmino that last season he wasn't very good. And and I think it's completely unfair. I've been saying it for months. Um, last season, I mean, he ended up with nine goals and uh, seven assists. So that's uh, 16 goal involvements in uh, 2,838 minutes. The season before that, he, he had nine goals and eight assists. So that's just one assist more all season. And that was in more minutes. He played 2,988 minutes. It was effectively 150 minutes more. So that's, you know, a game plus 60 minutes more. He played, uh, but that was the season we finished first on an absolutely astonishing 99 points. And let me just go off on another tangent here because 99 points, I was thinking about this today on my way home from the park, right? 99 points. You can, I was thinking, you know, next next season, what, you know, what's an unrealistic thing? And I thought, you know, imagine going unbeaten and winning 30 matches and then drawing eight and losing none. And that would be just thinking how unrealistic that is. But then I figured out that that's 98 points and we actually did better than that <laughs> in 1920. It's completely crazy. But anyway, enough of the tangent. Back to Bobby. I think he has been at a very high level. For ages, there was a bit of a dip. There was a bit of a dip uh, when when Liverpool when he dipped, Liverpool dipped and and uh, Liverpool crashed. Really, those six games uh, losing at home, relegation form. Bobby was not in good form then. But I think now Jota's back, and if we sign another attacker, then I think he can play at okay. Not I'm not saying ten out of ten every match, but either eight, nine, or ten. Every match for 40 or 50 games, he needs a break. He would need 10, 15 games to, you know, put his feet up, put his, uh, you know, put his, uh, you know, he's he's just, I think, I don't know. Have I convinced you at all, Zane, or are you sticking with your nay? I'm not sure. Um, he can play a high level, but th- these last two seasons haven't convinced me. He hasn't been consistent. So... I will probably stick with it and say nay, but of course that would be a nice surprise for me if it, at the end of the se- next season I could say I was wrong. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely welcome to disagree. That's what it's all about. Um, but the season before last, if you're saying for the last two seasons, he had uh, 18 goal goal involvements, 12 goals and 6 assists um, and he played uh, 200 fewer minutes than this season so he had 18 goal involvements uh, to 1920 he had 17 goal in- involvements and this season 16 goal involvements so the stats kind of back you up Zanny that uh, you know he's played 230 minutes more than two seasons ago and he's had uh, uh, one two two goal involvements Less, but I mean, of course, goal involvements aren't his his game at all. But uh, okay, so you're sticking with the nay, um, Abdul. Are you sticking with the nay for Bobby Firmino? He needs more help. Uh, I will say, if your question is, has Bobby Firmino lost it? Then no, I don't think he's lost it. I think he's still a quality player. I think he still has 
all of the qualities that we love about him. And I think in certain matches this season, we just miss those qualities. Um, the Real Madrid match comes to mind when we started Jota in the first leg. I feel like it would have been better. Jota was on top form, but I felt like we needed more control in that game. And that's what Bobby gives us. When Bobby's on the pitch and he's playing real football, um, he does really help us. Um, I, not in terms of goals and assists, but you can just see in the way that we play and the confidence in our players' body language, the passes that they're trying to do, all of these things, it's all coming from the fact that Bobby's there and he's making him feel calm and assured with his little touches and the way he controls the ball and blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, I think he's still got that. And I feel like Klopp definitely hasn't given up on him. And I think next season we're going to see... I think next season's the the real... Um, narrative maker or narrative breaker for Bobby if he performs outstandingly next season I don't think anybody can have any questions about him um, and if he doesn't then I feel like people who do have questions about him will be justified but yeah I think he can still play at a very high level and he can still be our number nine I think he can still keep Jota out of the team so yeah onwards and hopefully that continues very diplomatic. Very diplomatic, Abdul. Okay, very good. Uh, moving on to the next one, I'm going to stick with you uh, to answer first this time, Abdul. Um, Sadio Mane should be sold this summer. Uh, that's that's the statement. I mean, and, and you can use it if you want to, to, to save up uh, the money, to make enough money to sign Sancho. Would you, for example, would you, would you sell Sadio? Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope, nope, nope. That's, that's what I'm going to say. Okay, that's a nay, no, under no circumstances. Okay, uh, would, would you sell Sadio under any circumstances this summer, Zane? Well, I think everyone knows the answer <laughs> before I even read this question. Absolutely not. Okay, in that case, there is no debate. Good, I'm glad I'm speaking with people who don't doubt the amazing Sadio Mane. Okay, the next one, then we'll just move swiftly on. Um, the next statement is, I want FSG out. What do you think, Zane? Um, probably not. Okay, Abdul? If they get a Sancho, then no. But if they don't, if they don't... <laughs> no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm FSG and still. Let's, uh, let's hope they give us a nice present for the whole Super League stuff. Well, that's, that's, that's an interesting one, though. I don't know. I mean, you're being slightly uh, tongue-in-cheek, probably. But, you know, if they, if they didn't come up with, a, you know, a marquee signing this summer and they stayed in the 30 to 40 million bracket, there are some people, I'm sure, who would, you know, and it's not just that, of course. It's the fact that they've made some heinous mistakes. I think there was an article that appeared very briefly on the, on the official website and then it got deleted because there was a big backlash about it. I didn't read it, but it was something to to do with a, a conservative MP or someone coming to visit Anfield and getting the thumbs up and it, I don't know, it, it, it angered a lot of people. Um, I don't know, it, 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 I mean, quite justifiably as well. But, um, you know, the, the I don't know, I don't know, Abdul, is there, is there a way that you can be, you know, FSG out if they don't get a marquee signing? I think this is a topic which you could dedicate an entire series of podcasts to, breaking down whether FSG are good for Liverpool or bad for Liverpool. But in as brief a sentence as I can put it, I would say um, they've been they've they've completely transformed the club in terms of its business administration side, taken us basically from the dark ages into the Enlightenment age. Um, they've made mistakes along the way. They've been tone deaf 
to their fans. They haven't really learned what the fans specifically want in terms of values. But in terms of whether they leave or not, it really depends on who's coming in instead. And at the moment, I don't see a viable buyer who is actively after the club, firstly. And then even once we do get one, are they going to be really better than FSG? In, in, what, in what sense? How can a billionaire be better than another billionaire? In, in what way? I don't know. But at the moment, I think they've, they've tried to be good custodians to the club. It's just, unfortunately, they're American. So I don't really think we can hold that to them. But um, yeah, I don't think there's... They'd have to make a massive, massive mistake, bigger than the Super League, to... Like, if they sat Klopp, then yeah, I'd be like, okay, cool, FSG out. But at the moment, I'm still FSG in. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, what what do you think, Zani? Um, well, I'll say I'm not a fan of them. Uh, they made many mistakes. In my opinion, they made too many mistakes because you can make a mistake once, twice, but they've done it four or five times. So that is a bit unforgivable. Also, I don't think they have backed Klopp enough. When you look at other owners in the league, I don't think that has happened. Um, I wouldn't be mad if they would go. And I also, it's not that I don't care who would come into place, but it might be no one better. You're not going to find owners like Leicester, for example, just like that. But um, I just think it is not the right time right now to change owners, probably. I think it will happen soon. I think the things they did are unforgivable. And I think they realize that. So I think one or two years it's going to happen. But just because I don't think it's the right time now, I wouldn't be FSG out. Again, very reasonable. Very, very reasonable and a solid answer there. Absolutely. Um, I asked Twitter, um, you know, saying that, uh, you know, in my opinion, I, I really think that there's there's good value in the market. Just talking about transfers and leaving uh, aside the other FSG disappointments, um, uh, you know, I asked Twitter, you know, in my opinion, around the 30, 40 million mark, there's so much good value this summer, there seems to be. Uh, and I asked Twitter, do we need a massive signing this summer? And 57.9% of you disagreed with me. And you said, yes, we need one massive signing this summer. And 42.1% said no. So it's a tricky subject. Um, uh, in fact, this has just changed to 59% and 41%. So there you go. Uh, most people disagree with me and say that we do need a big signing this summer. It will certainly help uh, to quieten the FSG out brigade. And I would not be, a, uh, you know, a, averse to Sancho, for example. I just have one more question. Uh, and I'm going to start with you, Zane, uh, because it, I want to end on a happy, happy note. This is the 2nd of June we're recording this. And it's the anniversary, uh, two-year anniversary of the parade after, you know, Liverpool came back from Madrid. And I just want your memories of number six, Zane. Where were you? And where were you in the parade? You know, I mean, I, I was coming back from Madrid. I'd I, I didn't have any tickets, but I was in Madrid. I was del I'm delighted I went there. It was absolutely super weekend, uh, and I just wonder if if you have uh, if you could share your your happy memories from from two years ago, please. Yeah, it it, it happened like that. When my family was visiting, so we actually on the day of the final, uh, we went to I think 
I don't even remember where we went, but I remember that we were rushing back <laughs> just to make it on time uh, to see the match. And yeah, it, it it was a happy time because my family was here, but also a happy time that we won. And I wasn't at Liverpool because, first of all, I don't live there. And with my family over, I'm not going to take them there. But we still celebrated all of us together, even though they didn't have a lot of um, understanding about my mom did because like she's an Arsenal fan so she knows football but all the other family members didn't really but we opened some champagne and ate some good food and yeah we're just really really happy that's absolutely lovely do you have a big family where there are like 25 of you <laughs> well I have quite a big family but not all of them were over <laughs> okay great but well, that sounds absolutely lovely fantastic what about you Abdul what, what are your memories of that fabulous day and the parade I, I genuinely can't remember what I think I just watched it on on YouTube by myself. My family don't really they're not really into football. I'm my dad's a United fan as well, so yeah, let's not even go there. But um, I just probably watched it by myself in my room. I just remember pure relief when Origi scored the second goal, and then um, all I remember about the parade is just frantically just posting content on Watch LFC because. That was crazy. No, it was. It felt like um, felt like heaven. I mean, everybody was just so happy, and yeah, just felt like a a hal halcyon day. I don't know how, however you say it. Oh, and I'm sure you'll correct me. But yeah, hopefully we can have more of those in the future because those were very nice days. I think they're coming back. I mean, to get through this uh, this uh, season as well as we we did in the end is absolutely uh, amazing. But yes, uh, Halcyon, yes, Halcyon, uh, according to Merriam-Webster, is characterised by happiness, great success, and prosperity, aka golden. You know, often used to describe an idyllic time in the past that is remembered as better than today but i think they're coming back you know these halcyon days they are coming back we can all believe in that uh, but i just want to thank you so so much for joining me it's been brilliant to have you back abdul thank you so so much from watch lfc all the listeners check out at at watch underscore lfc is that right indeed it is thank you very much no oh, no pleasure pleasure and uh, zane how, how can people contact you and thank you so much for being on cop on for the first time thank you so much for inviting me i really enjoyed it and everyone can find me on uh, at zane talks sports on both twitter instagram and youtube fabulous stuff thank you very much people and um yeah i don't know enjoy enjoy keep dreaming of number seven it's around the corner number 20 is around the corner Jadon sancho we'll have to wait and see uh but thank you so much speak to you soon i hope thank you guys thank you guys, thank you guys.